Hi, beautiful soul fam. It is so great to reconnect with you again in this way. Welcome to a brand new episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I'm your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And a little personal life update that I wanted to share with everyone. I am going to Indiana, where I'm originally from, to see my family. This is the longest I have ever gone, I think pretty much in my entire life without seeing them. So I'm really looking forward to this trip. My fiance, Luke, will be going with me to meet my family for the first time. So it's going to be, I'm sure, lots of fun. I will see my mom and dad, my older sister, two younger brothers, my grandma, who will soon be 98 years old, and my best friend, her husband and son. So I'm so looking forward to that reunion. And on another bright positive note, I have been booked for a couple of big talks coming up. It's so exciting to see events, in-person live events coming alive again. I cannot wait. Luke and I will be speaking about conscious relationships on August 14th for the Modern Nirvana Conference here in Austin, Texas. And then another epic event in Vegas is now booked. It will be happening in November, and I'll share more details on that at another time. But on to today's show. Today's guest is one of my favorite humans. He's known to many as Harry the Healer, and healer he definitely is. He's been facilitating spiritual ceremonies and work for well over 30 years and has a massive capacity to embody and transmit so much joy. He's one of the most radiant humans I've ever had the honor to be friends with. And if you know Harry or ever have the opportunity to meet him, I guarantee you will also know the radiant joy that I speak of. Now, Harry had a unique upbringing as a child, spending a lot of time on Native American reservations. And we both share our individual experiences with that and how it shaped us in powerful ways. We also dive into my opening to my shamanic calling and truth, how that came from a very catalytic spiritual awakening. And not everyone's are like that, but Harry's was too. So he shares about how his previous career as an actor filming in Yugoslavia led him to a city and another dimension called Medjugorje and the massive inner and energetic opening that he experienced that changed his whole life. You'll hear firsthand how his shamanic path opened up, the places and practices he was led to in order to be the guide and teacher he is today. And we also go into psilocybin land. We talk about these miraculous little extraterrestrials, how to work with them in an honoring guided space, how you can rise above previous fears or perhaps previous scary experiences you've had if you feel called to work with them again in a different, higher vibrational way. And speaking of ceremonies, Harry shares the paramount practices that he puts into place to create a safe space for transformation and personal ceremony stories that will absolutely blow your mind. A few other really intriguing talk topics we go into, how Harry believes that all are called shamanically, but very few will listen or answer that call. How he has stayed strong and steadfast in overcoming his fears, and why facing your fears is the absolute key, we dive deep in exploring the word shaman, why it is so sensitive to some people, and how being enlightened means to be lighthearted, to lighten up and not take things so seriously in this dense planet that we inhabit for such a short time. 
And as with every Ceremony Circle podcast episode, we end with a ceremonial offering. And I love what Harry guides us in today. It is a golden light guided meditation, one that activates your highest good and inner being. So without further ado, here we go. This is a voyage in how to exist in the flame and be love with Harry the Healer. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've been so excited to sit down with you, Harry. Thank oh, you for joining me. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Ah, you just have such a joyous, effervescent, love-based, exuding energy around you. And, you know, Luke has, for those of you who are, are new to me or the podcast, Luke is my fiance and Luke has worked with you and yes. a number of different capacities. And I've heard such amazing stories and just been witness to the transformations mm -hmm. he's experienced through working with you. So when I was feeling into I really was wanting a male guest and I, and I was like, who's really integrity filled? Who's really embodied? Who do I want on? And I got this vision of you. So thank you for taking the wow. time to do this. Thank you. And I want to start where, in essence, you started this lifetime, New Mexico. Yes. And I read that part of your upbringing somehow was woven into Native American reservations. Is that correct? Did That's you spend true. time there? And I did. How did that happen? I lived part of my life on the reservation. We lived on the Nav Navajo reservation. It's just happened that mm. we wound up living there. And it was a beautiful time because it takes me back to my Native American Indian roots. My father's grandmother was full-blooded Cherokee beautiful. Indian. So the Indians really honor everything, the earth. You know, the mythological story of the buffalo is that they honored the buffalo and the buffalo offered everything up for them as sustenance and they utilized every part of the buffalo. So it was a great period for me to really learn from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, how beautiful. I'm just, I'm seeing it as you're expressing it. And one of the favorite things that has emerged for me once I had my spiritual awakening and the shamanic calling came so alive inside of my being is, is the reverence and the sacredness yes. and the honor that is mm. just this all-encompassing thing now. And to know that your childhood had that infused in it. I just think to myself, wow, if, if more children started life from that place, everything is different. It's true. It's true. And my, I actually have family in Santa Fe. My uncle, who's this incredible psychotherapist, shout out to Uncle Ron. <laughs> Love him so much. Um, he was, he has really been there for me, especially when I had that initial awakening. Okay. It, was, it was very helpful to have psychotherapists in the family. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> to call upon. <laughs> and as a young girl, I would go out to visit him and he would take me to different Native American reservations. Yes. And I was able to watch the ceremonial dances and get those initial Ooh, transmissions. Beautiful. Yes. And and it's one of those really cool hindsight memories where I go back and think, oh, wow, I think that really had a big impact on me to immerse had to. in those ways. Yes. So I love that you, you grew up there. And since this is Ceremony Circle podcast, I would love to know 
What was your first ceremonial experience? Mm-hmm. Really, the, the dancing. The Indians really come together and create a dance and offer reverence to the earth and, you know, all four directions and for life and for the living of it. And that was really my first ceremony because it's very ceremonial that everyone dresses up, you know, in all the feathers and, the, and they do this dance and the music is amazing and it's just so beautiful. That was my first. Yeah. And what was the first ceremony that you ever facilitated? Mm. Mm. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been doing what I do for 31 years now, and I'm only 27. Allison. Right. I know. It's um, so wild how time works that way. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, you know, I facilitated ceremonies in so many different ways because I teach meditation, I teach breath work. So, you know, I've done all kinds of ceremonies. Which we're going to get into. But what was that very first one? Because I I love to look back at just, as a fellow shaman, you know, Mm -hmm. to me, this conversation just feels really unique and important because it's not every day that you can sit down Mm -hmm. and have conversations like this with with another shaman, especially in this way, you know, and and an interview form. And um, there's only certain things that I can talk with you about that I can't talk with anyone else about. And the shamanic path, it's such a, such a specific calling. It is. It is. It's very specific. And when it starts to open up inside of you and it really starts to lead you and guide you and show you the way, there are just so many, for me personally, there were so many humility-inducing points along the way that were just really humbling and just ego-obliterating in a beautiful way, in a needed way. You know, I I think back to so many of those and just so many different rites of passage and initiatory moments and breakdowns to break through and different spiritual fires that I would feel just going in cellularly or in any limiting beliefs, anything that would hold me back from fulfilling this mission, this Mm -hmm. calling that I'm on, you know, so many different things go through you in order to understand how your shamanic calling is to be this lifetime. So where did it start for you? When did that calling did you have a spiritual awakening? Because that's how mine was. I had a one moment in time where my life changed. My The veil lifted, the ego shell got obliterated, and everything changed in a split second. Was yours like that? It was. Oh, interesting. Can you sh- elaborate? Okay. Well, I grew up on the reservation, like I said, part of my life. But I also grew up on a ranch the first part of my life. It was really between Santa Fe and Las Vegas, New Mexico. So it was way out there. In the middle of nowhere. And I'm the sixth child. So my parents had five children. They went 10 years and had me. Wow. So I was kind of like an only child with grandparents, you know? Uh, and my parents were exhausted with having kids. And we lived on a ranch. So your work is never done on a ranch. But I wound up spending lots of time alone. And I would have experiences, very spiritual experiences, where I would feel like portals open up for me. I'd feel like the universe came to a halt and I, and I would see through a portal Mm. and I would have information, 
downloaded and uploaded. And I thought all kids have these experiences. But the moment that really changed my life was I was an actor and I came to LA and I, I worked and studied. I went through Stella Adler and then I went to New York and worked and studied. And I came back to LA and I got a job in a miniseries. It's a love war story. It's a Jack Higgins novel. And it took me to Zagreb, Yugoslavia to film it. That sounds like an interesting place. Oh my gosh. Well, it was 1989. So it was before they started fighting. So it was so beautiful. And we went to amazing locations and I had to be up at 5.30 every morning and be in makeup. And, you know, it was an intense schedule, but I had a day off from filming and I, I asked everybody on the set, where should I go on my day off? Because I really want to explore. It's so beautiful here. And they told me about Split, which was down by the sea. And then this guy told me about Medjugorje. And when he began to tell me about it... It sounds like a city in another dimension. Oh, well, it, it, and it is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you enter in a, another dimension there. Uh, there's different places on the earth where you can go and you just feel like it resonates with you and you do enter into another dimension. So I went there and Allison, everything felt synchronistic. You know, those days that you're just, for a lack of a better term, happy-go-lucky and you're like, wow, I feel so good today and everything's just vibing and, you know, the synchronicities are just lining up. So I went there, I met this woman, she was American. So Medjugorje is a city that at the time there were six children that the place in which they look from they're able to see spirit. Hmm. Yeah. So the Virgin Mary, they're Catholic there. So the Virgin Mary appears to them, shares a message with them, and they share it with the world. It's called apparitions. It's the most beautiful messages for the world. You can look it up today. And so I met this woman. She was American. She knew the six children. And she, she you know, guided people from all over the world because people go on pilgrimages from all over the world I'm there. so surprised I haven't heard of this yeah, place. It's, well, it's, I'm, I'm glad to introduce it to you yes. because it's very famous in the spiritual world. So we had lunch. We talked. She was fascinated. I said, thank you. And I went on my way. And it was kind of like when I was a kid in New Mexico. I was walking around and I felt so um, good, you know? And I came up on this flower and I thought, the flower really stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, wow. This is one of the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen. And I thought, I had this thought process that went through me. And I thought, a flower doesn't think about its perfection. A flower just unfolds and it evolves, right? And what if we could be like that as a human being? Mm. And then as I was standing there, it was very subtle and very powerful. And I felt like this cylindrical of light just washed down through me, over me, every bone and muscle and tendon in my body. And I felt total relaxation being completely awake. Mm. And I felt this expanded place internally because most of our day, we feel very contracted. We live life, you know, we're worried about this and we're trying to do that and we're in the future and we're in the past and, you know, we're not in the present. So, and if you're not checking in, you're so yeah. unaware that where you're gripping, even that's, organs and That's things. true. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good point. Yeah. And I, I wasn't gripping. I wasn't reaching. I was totally internal. And I just felt, I took a deep breath and I felt very expansive ah. internally. And I was like, wow, this feels so good. You know? And I looked down at my feet and I felt this energy come up from the earth and come through me. And I thought, wow. 
I can literally feel this whole time, everything you're describing. It's just, yeah, I hope the listeners can too. It's so powerful. It was so amazing. And so it was like, I felt like I was a part of everything, Allison, and everyone. I thought, I'm not separate from anything or anyone. And then I heard this voice and it was very unusual that it came, it felt like it came diagonally from behind me and it came diagonally through me. Mm -hmm. And here's the funny part. It was my voice. And it said, it's time for you to use your gifts. Oh, (laughs) we're getting juicy now. We're getting juicy. And I was really like, oh, I thought I was. (laughs) Right? Right. So it took me into a deep state of exploration. I thought, well, if I knew what my gifts were, what would they be? What would I say? If I knew absolutely what my gifts were, what would I say? So I went into a deep state of exploration. And really, it, it was like, and I felt like I'd had such an experience that I felt like I could telepathically communicate. So I went back and finished the film, got on a plane, came back to LA. A friend of mine had, he said, let's, let's have a dinner for you and, and have everybody over and watch the miniseries and celebrate you. And I was like, great, awesome, that's fantastic. And this guy came up to me and he said, this is such a good coup for you, the miniseries, you know, it's for you as an actor. And I said, yeah, not so much. I changed gears. You cut, yes. I completely did a 180, Alice. Wow. So that was the moment in my life where it's just, yeah, it just, you know, it said all of us are called. Few of us listen. Yes. Because there's that still small voice inside of us, but we live from the chin up. The, our minds are so busy that we don't get to that place that's so deep. The silence is so loud mm. that we can hear that, that still small voice. And I would love for us to go a little bit more into what you're sharing because that has been the key for me being so devoted to my path is once I had that awakening, I then chose to surrender Yeah, and say to great spirit, great mother earth and the divine love, light, wisdom, power, and truth that lives within me and is me, I said... <laughs> I, t- I channeled my my uh, past life preacher okay. uh, in that moment. Awesome. I think. Oh, I, that's awesome. And I said, show me the way because I clearly don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm going to get out of my own way yes. finally. Yes. And I have just answered the call, heeded the calls, listened to the whispers, it, gone into and lived from this place that you're describing. So, how were you able to let yourself trust? And so quickly, because I didn't realize we had this familiarity in terms of that turning point in our lives, because people have asked me, how did you just know, like you turned on a dime, you know, you left this former life and these former big, quote unquote, big careers and devoted yourself to this calling. How did you just do that? How did you just do that? I felt like there was no way I couldn't not do it. I felt like there was just no way. I thought, okay, if I know what my gifts are, and I know why I incarnated here, I must use them. And, you know, I mean, we're getting to sit here and share this experience, but, you know, we're not the only ones that have had this. And we are all called. And then, you know, it's really to heed the call. So I just, I, I mean, I made the decision. I was 100%. Mm-hmm. I was committed to, you know. And taking responsibility, you know, and yeah, just, yeah, the trust and surrender piece is so so beautiful. So where did it kind of 
take you first. You're now devoted. You're doing this. You here, you're heeding. Where were a couple of those first steps on this new shamanic calling path that has been illuminated inside of you and now starting to illuminate in front of you? Where were you being taken? Well, I, I really was called to Peru. I was totally called to Peru and I went and studied with shamans. I just went on this amazing tour through Peru. You Lima. felt the call there and you listened to it. Yeah. Okay. So I went to Lima. I went to the Temple of the Sun and the Moon. I went to Nazca. I took a plane, looked at all the lines on the earth that they can't explain. They're still there. And I went to Machu Picchu, which is, you know, a power spot in the world, which is beautiful. And, um, you know, shamans are, you know, those of us that are shamans, you know, a shaman is a person who connects the unseen with the seen. So there was so much that got revealed to me there. And then I went to massage school. I thought, you know, when, when I touch people, people went, wow, you know? So I went to massage school after that. And I had experiences going through school where I was, you know, every day you look, you learn anatomy and then you learn practical because you choose somebody. And then there's a big room with all these massage tables set up and you work on somebody and then they work on you. And I was working on this girl and she had a complete meltdown mm -hmm. and it stopped the whole class. And then everybody surrounded me. And I just asked the teacher, I said, is it possible that I just handle this? She was like, yeah, sure go ahead. Mm. And then she asked everybody to go back. And then, so it was just, it got revealed, you know, she had had sexual abuse. And so I just led her through it. And afterwards the teacher came over and got me and, and I thought, uh Oh, cause I had a trigger house. And if you know, did I do something wrong? <laughs> did I do something wrong? Right. You know? And she came over and got me and she said, can we go for a walk? And I was like, uh Oh, what did I do? And she's, she took me for a walk and she said, Harry, what you have, we don't teach here. And I can remember just welling up and, mm -hmm. you know, because the universe has always given me signs yes. all along the way. I'm sure that you're the same, that the universe is always confirming. Yes. Always confirming. And honoring, you know, I, I really know it to be true that when you courageously and vulnerably lean in to those whispers and, and start to take action on the, the calls and the whispers that are presenting it's so deeply honored back by source. Oh, yes. You know, in this beautiful dance of mm -hmm. the seen and unseen of saying, of creating that co-creation and of saying, I see you. Yes. And now this mm -hmm. and great job. And now this. And it's just, it, it is the wildest. It is. <laughs> <laughs> ride. Yes. Imaginable. It is. And the it most is. beautiful. It's like fasten your body belt when you. <laughs> yeah, it really truly is. It's just it, it it takes you into places that you know are the deepest and can be the scariest, yet there's just always this divinity and beauty and miracle with it all. And so it's just it's allowed me to live in a way that is so far beyond what yes. I could have dreamt is possible. Yeah. You have found the same? I found the same way. Well, if we're not trusting, what are we doing? You know? The universe is, is self-organizing, it's self-correcting, it's only designed for us to win. Life happens for us, it doesn't happen to us. So when you live in that trust, you know, even the things that we can view as 
something we don't want or we don't like or a hard patch, you know, we're meant to learn that lesson, whatever it is. And, you know, once you get the lesson, you move through it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's the only way you come out the other side. So it's just, it's really meeting, you know, the good and whatever. It's, it's just, you lose judgment. Correct. Right? You lose judgment. Yes. There, there is, yeah, no, no good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just all serving. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so what I'd be curious to hear if you're open and sharing, I know that this, what I'm about to say, doesn't hold true to every shaman, but I have found the the shaman friends that I'm close enough to and, and kind of know the backstories, we tend to have some sort of childhood trauma or some sort of wounding. And, and not that that doesn't apply to non-shamans too, but I would love to hear in your journey, what are a couple of the the pieces that you really had to transcend or was there a wounding or a trauma that was really instrumental in you facing and healing in order for you to really step into your whole power as a human and a shaman? Oh yeah. I fear is the the biggest thing. Fear, false evidence appearing real. I mean, to move through the fear and self-esteem, to trust, to really trust oneself. To really go in and go deep and to trust. How have you found your way with that fear piece? Because that's in this list of things that I wanted to chat with you about. Because I have a feeling that a lot of the listeners, it's it's going to run the gamut, right? But I know that it's going to magnetize and call a lot of people who are starting to awaken, starting to feel this deeper soul opening, speaking, Mm -hmm. conjuring. Yes. And I, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And from chatting with people that are more on the entry um, point or midpoint, a lot of fear does get drummed up. If I answer to these calls, you know, what's going to happen to my life or what are people going to think or say about me? So what are some of the tools or rituals or prayers or practices that have helped you rise above that false evidence is appearing real? How have you stayed strong and steadfast? It's not always easy. It hasn't been always easy. When I got out of massage school, I went directly because I was on fire. And I went directly and got a job with a chiropractor, Robertson and Beverly. And um, this woman came to me. She had had a double mastectomy, and I worked on her every week. And she, she wrote a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And it's a simple, simple book. But when you can get that, feel the fear and do it, do it anyway. Press through the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, press through the illusion of fear. Um, and it, it's a place where you really dig deep, you know? to move through the fear and not let it distract you. But we must face the fear. You know, we must turn and face our shadow and face the fear. Otherwise, we're going to stay stuck because avoidance really gets us into trouble. You know, that fear. And once we press through it, once we face the fear, usually it's like, it just, you know, crumbles. Yes. And I am now being called and shown where I need to go next in this chat. And there's part of me fighting it a little bit. <laughs> I love that I'm, you know, can keep it super real with you. Um, and it's, 
it's this piece that, and feeling into our chat, it, I was like, oh, I think it could be good to, to go here with him, but it didn't feel priority. And I wasn't sure if we would get to it, but right now it's like, you need to go here next. And so I will heed this call and, okay. you know, it's around really looking at this shamanic piece, the, the, the shaman piece. And I really want to talk about this with you because in my journey, I trust myself. Yes. I really. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yes. I trust myself and I know my integrity. Yes. And I know, I know my relationship to great spirit, God, goddess, great mother earth, the wisdom inside of me. And I really do trust the calls that I'm living by. Yes. And those, some of those clear calls that came in right away is, is you are to call yourself a shaman. Yes. You are to use that word with your work. Mm -hmm. And I was shown some of, I think perhaps the initial vision that I was given once the calling came alive inside Mm -hmm. of me and I started to realize why I was really here. I thought, okay, oh, this is getting really interesting. And then the way in which I was being shown how my shamanism and my shamanic path and medicine was to function in the world, I thought, oh, this is now taking it to another interesting place because, you know, as we both know, every shaman is different. Oh, yeah. There are no two shamans alike, period. There is a, yes, very, very unique way in which we are here to do what we're here to do. And the way I'm here to do things is in a very public figure format. Yes. I am to share about consciousness and shamanism through media to the mainstream and help those who want to remember and reconnect Mm -hmm. do so and to have a relatability, you know, and not feel like that they have to go some faraway place to have these kinds of conversations. But what has come along with me heeding these very clear and direct um, guidances from Great Spirit has been a piece that I kind of hoped would just go away throughout the years because mm-hmm. I started to see and learn that the word shaman tends to be so sensitive. Oh, very, very. So sensitive. Yeah. And I don't know where I'm exactly wanting to go in this with you. I don't know what's coming up inside of you as I'm even bringing this up. I just know that it needs to be talked about. and. You know, this sort of outside judgment as to who is a shaman and who isn't, what a shaman looks like and what they don't, how a shaman's supposed to act and how they're not, and who, quote unquote, can call themselves a shaman and who not, when we both know it's a soul calling. Mm -hmm. It doesn't adhere to any age, race, gender, location (laughs) on the planet. None of that matters. So, can you just share? your perspective on this word and how these soul level callings work just because I am starting to see I am to talk about this more. Yes. And this education Good. piece because there's so many misconceptions around it. And I need to sit down with people like you so we can clear the fog. Yeah. Around what a shaman is and who can and cannot call themselves that. Well, I mean, shamanism started in Siberia a thousand years ago. And a shaman, if they didn't find a cure, 
for an illness, people died. If they didn't find food to feed them, people died. So, you know, shamanism was everywhere. And it's my belief, Allison, that, you know, we can all be a shaman and we, we all get to use shamanic tools in our life for ourselves to, because if we all took care of ourselves, what a beautiful place the, the world can, we can live in harmony. But there is a lot of stigma, a lot of things surrounded by the word shaman. And, you know, it comes with a deep, heavy connotations, you know, quote, sometimes. I'm not stuck on the word. You know, I think it, it's every shaman that I've met that I've really connected with, like yourself, Allison, you can always tell a shaman if they're pure love. Because a shaman doesn't judge. There's just no judgment, you know? And I could just weep hearing you say that because that's been one of the most ironic pieces to me is that shamanism is the <laughs> oldest, it is the most ancient planetary practice. It embodies the earth way. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and so with that, it is of all. Of all. And unity. Yes. And non-judgment. Yes. And acceptance of all that is. Yes. And all of these things. So that's been the irony in this is when certain people do, for whatever reason, attempt to cast judgment and uh put in the judgment and yeah. say, you know, you can't, or this isn't right. It's like, it, that's going against what shamanism even is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just this whole interesting thing that, you know, I started to learn what I'm here to teach and, and in what way. And, uh, I just, the more years on this path, I, it's become really clear, especially in the last year or two, that Allison, you can't not talk about this stuff anymore. Yeah, You have to bring it out into the open and give it freedom and give it clarity and liberation. This is actually one of your primary purposes for your shamanic mission. And yeah. I was like, I don't know this, having to talk about these crunchy, uncomfortable things, um, you know, isn't the most, most fun thing, but I'm seeing that it has to be done. It does. And thank God, goddess, that you're doing it. <laughs> thank you. Oh, and is there anything, you know, while we're on this and then we'll move on to other things, but is there anything around, do you also have the view when it comes to this other very sensitive term that's used a lot, especially in the last few years, cultural appropriation? Do you also have the belief that you know, because my shamanism, as I've already explained, I work directly with Great Mother Earth and Great Spirit. I don't adhere to any one particular lineage that's Earth-based. However, when I have been blessed to sit in ceremony with teachers uh, that come from certain traditions and lineages, if anything is shared with me or passed on to me, I always give credit and honor and 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 those things. But with shamanism being the soul level calling. What are your thoughts on cultural appropriation if you are being called? Because there are shamans that take certain oaths and they they then follow that mm -hmm. earth-based lineage and tradition of operating their shamanic medicine. And, and with those oaths, they, they follow that one clear and direct path. But 
for someone and shamans like myself and other shamans I know that work directly with great spirit and great mother earth, how does this cultural appropriation piece work then? Yeah. Well, I, I always say, I call myself, Allison, the uncommon urban shaman because, you know, I live in the city and I don't, I just do my work, you know, and it doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody calls me. It's not my business what anybody calls, you know, or, or to use the word, I know that I'm doing my work. And, and some shamans do follow a very strict, you know, lineage and heritage. And we're all, you know, very, I don't like using the word proud, but our culture, our heritage, we're proud, you know, but, or we feel a loyalty to follow a certain lineage, you know? Shamans come from all cultures and all over the world, you know? And anybody can be a shaman. What if we were all love, we, we, that we practiced non-judgment and we just loved? I mean, isn't it true we could all be shamans and we practice that practice? That's for me is just, you know, you go through the fire, you learn how to exist in the flame and you learn how to be love. How do we let somebody stand in front of us and have a strong emotion and, and just stay and just be love, you know? That's the whole thing. Call it whatever you may, whatever you might. You know, it's like, and I understand the, the culture and there's lots of things surrounding it. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, to your point, I, you, you know, we're all aliens, right? I do. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're oh. not, we're not from here. We're not from earth. We're from, a, but we're not from planet Sirius either. You know, we were not meant to take this path of life so serious. I mean, in, being enlightened means being lighthearted. You know, being light, you know, we, we live in a heavy, dense energy. We live in a fear-based universe and, you know, people are quick to like judge. Look, we have television shows about judging where they, people sing, they dress, they act, you know, it's like. Such a good point. And, you know, I always say it's important for each one of us to know how empowered we are. And I hope I'm not getting off the, but I wanted to, you know, it's, it's important how each one of us know how empowered we are and you know, just one person, Allison, with the willingness to be willing, I call it, it resonates really high, the willingness to be willing to utilize two traits as a human being, being optimistic and non-judgmental, counterbalances the lower weakening vibrations of 90,000 individuals. Now, that's how empowered we are. Call it a shaman, call it a, a human being that, you know, call it anything, call it nothing, you know, but let's embody Let's embody our spirit, our soul. And for me, shamanism goes to that level that it, you, you dig deep because there's a lot of stuff that comes with, you know, the shaman, the word shaman. There's a lot of cultural, there's a lot of everything that comes with it. You know, I've certainly experienced it and met face to face with it. And I, you know, you go through the ritual or the flame and learn how to exist in the fire. Absolutely. And we're here doing the best we know how to do, you know, and I'm here like you are. And I so honor what you do and that you're willing to say I'm a shaman and I'm, this is my role and I'm doing it this way, you know, because listen, any, we, we must choose our path. We must choose. Yeah. Every moment we're choosing. So you're standing in your space. You're holding your space. That's powerful. Call it shaman or, or not. Right. Yeah. So th there's a lot, 
and I see your point. I mean, there's so much that comes with shaman and shamanism. I mean, I study, you can study shamanism, Buddhism, Sufism. You can study all the isms. You can study the Kabbalah, the Quran. You can study Eastern philosophy, the sacred sutras, the Patanjali's. You know, you can study Christianity, the Course in Miracles. I mean, it's like, you know, let's just be love. Let's just be love. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I just, that was such beautiful and needed medicine and and you sharing that because I just want everyone to have the opportunity and if they so choose to be able and be willing to go within themselves and be the fullest. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right there. That's it. We can feel it right now. Right? I mean, feel the atmosphere right here, right now. That's it. Call it whatever you may. That's it. Just letting ourselves be full. Yeah? Letting ourselves be full. It's so beautiful. You know, I think that this time that we're going through is beautiful because we're, it's allowing us to pause, you know, and we're, we're looking, we're asking ourselves powerful questions because the quality of our life depends on the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. Boom. And we get to ask ourselves, what am I doing all this for? Where do I want to get to? How am I being? How am I being with my lover, my beloved, my wife, my husband, my kids? you know, my teacher, my boss, how am I being with my best friend? How am I being? How, you know, in spirit, there's only one of us here. There's, you know, when you really get on the deepest level, we're all a part of each other. You know, it has to be inside of us for us to see it in somebody else. Right. So we know how connected we are. That's for me, that's, that's the, the way is the fullness. I love that you use that, you know, the fullness and how we're, willing to just drop into ourselves, you know, rather than just live from the chin up, lost in thought. 98% of our day, the average, you know, us as humanity, we, we're lost in thought because we're either connected or we're distracted. And, you know, to do the practice, you, you get to be willing to do, life's an inside job. Mm-hmm. So to go in, life's an inside job. Look, right here, right now, do we have any problem? I'm feeling great. Okay, good. <laughs> Me too. Is there anything missing? Nothing. Nothing. You see? How beautiful is that? How beautiful is this? This is when we live in our flow, in our flow state, and call it whatever you want. Right. But let's let's get there. Let's get there. <laughs> right? And thank you. I'm honoring you for, thank you for doing what you're doing. Media, I mean, let's use the media in a positive way. Because we watch the media. I think if there was ever a time to black out media, this is the time. Rather than, but to watch specific things like what you're doing, you know, podcasts that it's spreading a, you know, because we're, we need shows that say, hey, you know what? Today, Johnny, who's in the fifth grade, he, he had a leap in consciousness. Where is those, you know, with, yes. with, with this situation we're going through? I mean, they're talking about, all the negative aspects, but who's telling us, well, this is what you do, you know, take care of yourself, do vitamin C, do zinc, do colloidal silver, do oregano, do shamanic journey, (laughs) sit and create an altar for the first time. Thank you. And do you remember Florence Nightingale? We learned about her in school. Sure. Well, 
you know, she took care of all the soldiers with typhoid fever. She was the only one that would take care of them because everybody was afraid to take care of them because they thought they would die too. She whistled a happy tune and she took care of them. She didn't get anything. Now, Rife, if you study Rife's technology, Rife identified the, the frequency of bacteria and viruses. It's a low, heavy vibration. When we vibe high, and we know there's masters around the world that vibe high and we're immune to things. We're immune. And our mind is so powerful, but we must use it in a positive way every moment. Hey, Soul Fam, I want to take a moment to let you know about one of my favorite brands and products on the entire planet. It's called Lotus Way. They are my go-to flower essence and flower elixir company, and they are making today's episode possible. Lotus Way picks the most incredible plants and flowers by hand from the wild in special gardens all around the world. And then they work with the chi or the life force from said plants and flowers and incorporate them into a range of epic options. And I know you guys will be into this. Everything from elixirs that you ingest orally, bath salts, aura mists and sprays, so much more. I've personally been working with the Infinite Love Anointing Oil a lot lately. One of my main intentions this year is to continue to open my capabilities to be unconditionally loving. Even to those who may lash out in pain, say hurtful things, or challenging to deal with, I still want to hold that embodiment of love. And this anointing oil has truly been supporting me in this growth. I love it so much. So anytime I feel my heart closing down, or if my heart already feels feels open and I simply want to have it expand even more, I rub a little bit of the oil into my heart center or anywhere else I feel called. Sometimes I put it on my third eye, my wrists. I inhale a little bit of that love medicine into my heart and it really gets me recentered and clear. Ah, can you imagine if the whole world did this? It would be a uh, very different place. They have a huge range of options. I can't wait for you to explore it. Everything from enhancing joy, abundance, wisdom, embodiment, energy protection, fearlessness, and so much more. You can check all of it out at www.lotusway.com. That's www.lotusway.com. You can use code MYSTIC at checkout. It will get you 15% off. And remember I mentioned their Aura Mist. That's another one of my favorites. I've been using the Radiant Energy Aura Mist. It has Palo Santo oil on it. It's very effective. Use it anytime you just want to cleanse your energy field. It's been a game changer. Can't wait to see what you guys love. Let me know what you get. Yeah, and you're hitting the nail on the head with that inner work because as someone who's pre-awakening life this lifetime was completely external based. Right. It was, my father was my coach. I got started in athletics okay. at a very, very young age before three. I was a distance runner my whole life, a couple time national champion and scholarship to Alabama and all the things. Right. But it was all about what could my physical vessel do? What kind of awards and external mm -hmm. validation mm -hmm. pieces you can right. have. And it was spotlight and all of these external driven ways. And from the outside, I was very quote unquote successful, right? right? Right. You know, doing all these outward things, but 
when I started to have those initial lighter divine interventions and, and when my physical body started to break down and then when that started to go away, I thought, well, my God, that's been my whole identity. <laughs> who the hell am I now? Who, yeah. who am I going to be if my body can't run? You know, and, and starting when I started to do the inward questing and then now my life is is completely based around that right now, doing the, the soul level work. So one can unite fully and wholly with one's soul. And I just got to say the inward work is where it's at. I it, mean, hand, well, period. I agree with you. If we don't go within, we're going to go without. Look, mm -hmm. we have two eyes that look outward. We have two hands. We're reaching outward. Look, we live in one of the cities of the world that is the, the most distractions. You live here and there's the most distractions of the outer world, because it's all about, you know, how you look, where you live, what you drive. What, and don't yeah. you think a lot of it is designed that way? I'm not trying yeah. to get into any yeah. conspiracy, whatever, but I think along the way, like all of these flashy, glitzy, whatever outward pulls, if you're not consciously aware and not watching it, then you're just being sucked outward without you even knowing it. Oh, and completely. So I want to now go into specific ceremony talk because since we're on this inward piece and now starting to get into the territory and waters of inner voyages and inner explorations, I would love for you to share with people the kinds of ways in which your shamanic calling and path started to reveal to you as you got deeper and deeper, it gets clearer and clearer. Of course, we're always evolving and exploring, but you start to understand the deeper you get on your own shamanic calling path. Oh, I mainly, these are three of the main pillars in which my work works. So what is that for you? How are you typically facilitating folks in uniting with their soul? Well, I use one sentence to say, you know, I lead people on internal journeys to activate their best self and live a fulfilling life. Now, how I do that is many different modalities because I've studied so many over the 31 years and I'm now a teacher, so I'm always a student. But we identify stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah, we play on a loop over and over and over. I call it debugging and upgrading the human operating system. Love. Because once we identify the stories and we can delete them, <laughs> and and shift our focus. Now, you know, we have neuron pathways and we're used to taking the same route, road. We're used to going down that path. And if we can't change our bodies, we can't change our minds. Yeah? Uh, they've done articles recently about cognitive therapy. It's really good. Cognitive therapy is great. And we must go deeper. Yeah? So I lead people on the journey of discovering what's your belief system? about yourself, about, you uh, you know, mm, your life. You go straight to the root. <laughs> right, straight to the root. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, and what's your belief system? Now, a belief system is like an app that's plugged in, that's running. And if, you're, if you have an app running of a belief system that doesn't serve you, I mean, recently I, we discovered with this woman, she, her husband called me and said, Harry, can you please do something with my wife? She's insane. Mm. <laughs> so she came and we discovered that she had a belief system that if she didn't have a problem, she wasn't useful. Oh. Now, imagine taking that away. Yeah. Imagine deleting that, unplugging that app and filing it away. Yeah. And so it's really looking at all the, 
the things. You know, we have lots of things from our heritage, from our lineage, and we call it transitional characters. When a when a person is willing to allow the buck to stop here, because you know the grandfather could be abusive, leads to the father being abusive, and then here you show up as the child, and you either stop it, you either become very conscious and aware of it, and you choose to, you know, utilize a different behavior, and it's called a transitional character, and it's so powerful in the world we live in today that that we heal ourselves. I call it the shifter in the family line. Yes. And I talk yes, about I love it a that. lot. There's so many of us incarnated right now, we t- we're taking on that specific role of the buck stops here. I break this pattern. I create a new pathway for the lineage. Yeah. And we must. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would love for you to share a little bit about I I know one of the ways in which your ceremonial practice works is with a particular plant medicine that I'm intrigued by. It's one that I don't have a lot of experience in. It because I'm of the school of thought that I only work with a plant medicine if and when it calls to me. Sure. And this one, you know, I can hear it kind of like, you know, chirping a little on the outskirts, but it, I I don't really feel a strong call. However, my fiance, Luke, feels a very deep and reverent. <laughs> he loves this land. And when it comes to this beautiful psilocybin mushroom land, I would love for you to educate in whatever way you feel called to because again, I want this show to serve as a trusted encyclopedia of sure, sorts. Sure. You know, because so many people are having awakenings more and more by the second every day, when that happens, you then start to hear and feel these calls. And if people are feeling a call into the mushroom land, for lack of a better way of putting it, I want them to have some good tips to lead them in the proper way. Yeah. So what, what is that proper way? Well, I think, you know, every, everyone's way is different, but you feel the calling. You'll know it. If it's for you, you'll know it. And Michael Pollan's book is really good to explore that and go deeper. Mushrooms are extraterrestrial. <laughs> they come from another world, right? And they come to this world. The, Mushrooms are so beneficial. And the only reason to do a medicine is to, to allow a state of beingness for us to live in. Then there's no reason to do the medicine anymore. But if you feel called to it, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, is, is, it allows you a perspective that you have not thought of or been able to view. You know, we don't see life how it is. We see life how we are. So, the mushrooms really allow you to offer a perspective. You're here. It offers you a different perspective. Yeah. And it can allow for you to have epiphanies, revelations, and it, it's highly beneficial. On the nightly news, they were showing a woman who had stage four cancer and they administered psilocybin to her. And she talked about all the fear that she felt and where she held it in her body and she let it go. And it was so beneficial for her. Now there's documentaries on it to show that maybe it could extend people's lives, but even if it didn't, they still have quality of life while they're here. You know, so there's so many different levels. PTSD to bring people out of deep depressions and to 
to take away that trauma, that shock, that devastation on a soul level, to really see through that is absolutely so valuable. I didn't realize that they were that closely connected in with that piece. Oh yeah. So many people, I mean, myself included, I've had to work on that piece. And I'm so glad that you started with the explanation that they're extraterrestrials, because one of my (laughs) questions was, do they have a certain essence and personality? Like, oh yeah. Who are the mushroom friends? Oh yeah. They have a personality. There's different kinds. And it depends on who grows them. You know, they have different personalities. And I know that this is a very 101 entry level topic around mushrooms, but I do think it's important to cover because it comes up a lot. Uh, Let's say someone before they were awakened experimented with mushrooms in a way that wasn't working with them in reverence and in a sacred space. Right. And and maybe they had the quote unquote bad trip experience. Right, right. And then let's say they have an awakening and they're feeling called to it in a whole new different way, but they're still hitting up against that. Oh my gosh, the last time I went into this landscape, it was a scary experience. And I, I want to cover this kind of baseline question, you know, to hopefully be of service for people. What is the advice? You know, how does someone kind of come get over that fear if they're feeling called and, and but they had a bad trip? Uh, well, I would say most people come to it with fear because it's the unknown. It's the unknown. So you don't, you don't know if people take mushrooms and they've had a bad trip, you know, they get caught in a loop. I personally honor all medicines, you know? Um, so we have to honor pharmaceuticals. You know, if you're going to take it, you better honor it, you know? But this is a specific medicine. I honor it. I don't recommend that people do it without a guide. I just don't recommend it because if you get caught in a loop, you need somebody there to pull you out. You need somebody there that's guiding you. And there's lots of things that happen. You know, you're exposing yourself to a lot of stuff and it can you can see through your ego and you can feel like you're dying you know which you know it, it, <laughs> and it's the illusion and you get to see through the illusion but you better have a guide there guiding you through it i don't recommend i mean you must honor the medicine Absolutely. Absolutely. And what is another in all of, as you shared, you've been doing this work for over 31 years and can imagine how many countless ceremonies you have facilitated and held space for. What are another one or two things you've learned along the way in terms of for your personal work? How do you properly hold a ceremonial space? What are a couple of things that you know just have to be in place or you do a certain way to have the container that feels right for you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> the space has, I have a whole ritual that I do for cleaning the space, praying, you know, offering, you know, to the space, talking to the space, asking the space what the space wants, mm. you know, and really honoring all the heritage and the lineage of how we got here. To, to this space. Um, but it, it's really cleaning and sealing off the space. So there's not like <laughs> dark entities that enter or, you know, anything funky or wonky. Mm-hmm. So I have a whole ritual of really cleaning the space, Beautiful. you know, cleaning it because it's got to be a safe, sacred container to do any sort of ceremonial Absolutely. Because even if um, you're new to the path on a soul level, when you enter into a ceremonial space, you can sense and feel if you are in 
complete safe space to surrender and fully let go and go wherever your soul and conscious needs to go or not. (laughs) That's right. And so I love that that is the the primary thing that came up for you. And I would love for you to just touch on, because it does feel like an important part I keep being taken back to, your studies with this particular plant medicine. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like many years ago, were were you talking or working with some therapist or doctor in New York? Or I, I don't know, can you just elaborate a little bit on your journey in terms of just understanding scientifically or shamanically the benefits of ceremony in this way, how you came to know that this this was an important ceremony to lead. How did you get there? <laughs> you know, how do you know how do you know what you know? <laughs> you know, there's such a thing as intellect and there's intelligence. Intelligence just flows through us. We know if we if we just remember to remember, you know, we have a deep knowing of, and it just comes through us, Allison. Mm-hmm. You you know that very well. You know, in the world we live in today, you know, you know, you know what's right for you, and you know how you'll know you have the right decision for you when you have peace about it. And you know, that's the place that I go to, that I know that I know because I have peace about it. And then, you you know, how do I know how I know some of the things I don't know? Right. <laughs> Totally. I don't know. It's just, it's something, it's just evolved through me. And consciousness is, you know, there's a presence that expresses it, like you were saying earlier, so beautifully. There's a presence that expresses itself in, as, and through us. It just comes through if we get out of the way. Absolutely. There's nothing to do. Maharishi Maharishi Yogi had a great saying. He said, do less, accomplish more. Mm. Do nothing, accomplish everything. Because who's doing the doing? Who's doing the doing? Be clear, it's not us. We're human beings. We're not human doings. You know? So, I, I mean, I just go deep within. You know, I go off by myself and just go deep within and really check in with myself because spirit's going to talk to me. And so, you know, absolutely. That- I'm so glad that, that you went there. Um, again, it, it brings up this, this funny piece that I'm not wanting to dive in deeply with you, but <laughs> it, it's the idea of having like a, a certificate to be a shaman, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's nothing to hang on the wall here. No, there's nothing to hang on the wall. No, you know, and, although uh, I, you know, there's lots of therapists and doctors that send me people to, you know, to really do deep exploration with them because I do work with the body. I do work with, you know, I learned how to do physical therapy because you can really release things on a cellular level. Plus I have little tools. I have a Northfield magnetic oscillator. That's a, it's a vibration with magnets in it because we forget about energy medicine. You know, I had a guy that got out of the hospital. He was there in Cedars for five days and they did every kind of test for him. They couldn't find what was wrong with them. He came to me in one session he was like, oh, I feel good. Hmm. You know, we forget about energy medicine. We're energy. Everything is energy. Energy is everything. We're energy in motion. And we forget sometimes our energy gets stuck. We have energy centers. We get stuck. You know, how do we release it? How do we release trauma? How do we release devastation? You know? Yeah. Because some of those some of those emotions, um, anger is always one that fascinates me, how sneaky it is and oh, how it can hide. Oh, it's very, very sneaky. So sneaky. You can go your whole life thinking that you don't have any anger inside of you, and then all of a sudden you do some sort of work and you're just like, oh my gosh, it just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had 
I've had clients like that, just like, and they don't know where it came from. But, you know, it matters where we live from the deepest level because it's the undercurrent. You know, three to 6% of our communication is with words. And about six to 18% is body language. The rest is a transference of energy that happens from the deepest level. So we get to pay attention. What's the undercurrent? What's really going on with us? Yes, I love. That's one of my favorite parts of this work, spiritual work, shamanic work, mysticism work, whatever we want to call it. It's getting into the subtle threads and what are things coded with and where where are things, you know, tucked away and yeah, just those more subtle, refined peerings into and then when you go into there, then it's like these big worlds open up and you're yeah. just like, oh, wow. So cool. So can you share, is there a one ceremonial experience that either you yourself immersed into or facilitated that, of course, you feel okay in sharing that you could just tell a little story about maybe one that just was hilarious or one that just was so unexpected or one that was so life-changing, you know, whatever category, but I would love to paint a, a brief picture for folks about, um, cause you, like I said, you've been doing this for so many years. I can only imagine the places that you have traversed otherworldly seen unseen. And uh, what's some, what's a story that comes up for you? Oh gosh. I know it's a tough question. It is a tough question. I mean, cause they're all so beautiful and profound. Monumental. I know. Um, every day I'm in some sort of you know, process or ceremonial. So um, I created a a ceremony for this woman and she's a nurse and she's the head nurse. And you know how we develop relationships with certain people in our life that we're just drawn to and, and they just happen and, and, you know, it's just natural. And, and um, she was very close to her sister's son, her nephew, and they went surfing together. They bonded surfing. How fun, right? Mm-hmm. He'd get up on the board and say, look, mom, no hands. And he would call her every morning for the surf report. And she was at work one day because she was the head nurse over all the nurses. So they called her and said, could you come down to the emergency room? And she went down there and her nephew had been in a car accident. Well, he didn't make it. And so she was just devastated and she didn't know how to process her grief. She didn't know how to process the pain. And so for 10 years, she was walking around really just, and and her whole family was like, you know, we don't know what to do. And she was just like, you know, in a- Suffering. Suffering in a state of just kind of comatose, just like just going through the, going through life, just walking through life. And she came and I, I created a whole- ceremony for her to really have a container, a space, Allison, that she could have the opportunity to really go into the pain because she felt it was so gargantuous. It was so gigantic that she couldn't possibly even begin to go there because it would be so big. So I created this this ceremony, the entire ceremony and, and a space and a container her to go into it. And I led her into it. And of course she was scared and she was scared and she went into it and she felt her pain. And for the first time she felt her pain. She felt the grief. She felt the sorrow. She felt the sadness. She felt all the emotions, right? And 
she let go. Oh. And she let go. And she was like this. She was just like, like she just let go, you know, and she let go and mm. she let go. Mm -hmm. And she, so, uh, you know, now her whole family is like, what did you do? What did you do? Like they just like, she's become able to live life and be in a groove and and trust and, herself to feel again. Yeah. Yeah. And be okay to feel. She, you know, here's what happens. We, we, we resist or we're fearful of feeling a feeling and we stuff it. And then we walk around with it here. And then it's like, ugh, and we can't flow and we can't flow. And then what happens is the mind, the mind is such a beautiful thing and it's an electrical current. But if we stay solely in our minds, we're going to feel separateness. You know, this is the longest road we're ever going to take right here. It's 18 inches, you know, from heart to mind, from the head to the heart. Yeah. yeah. It's the journey without distance. So when we really drop in and we get to use all of our capabilities and capacities as a human being, you know, our energy center here above our belly button, below our ribs, it's like, it's, it's connection, it's willpower, the willpower to pull our mind back every time it takes us away to insanity and live from our root chakra, you know, to really have a platform and foundation to live out of, you know, and use all of our capabilities. Yes. So I created this whole ceremony and and space and container for her that she could go into. And I have to say that it, it touched me on such a deep level because a lot of people, Allison, are walking around in that state absolutely, and spend their whole life in that state. Bingo. Bingo. And it's like that ceremony will always be memorable to me. You know, that's just one. I can you know? so understand why. And that exact point that you just said was what I was going to bring up as I was listening to uh, you share that specific voyage. I was thinking of how many people I even know right. that are living from that right. exact place of right. sensing and feeling certain life experiences, memories, traumas, whatever the case might be, that they hold behind them or down yeah, yeah. because Thank they you. can yes. tell yes. if you turn and look a, even a little bit at that piece, <laughs> it feels like the scariest monster That's right. that will just kill you maybe. Right. And it becomes so terrifying to even peek at it yeah. that you think, well, yeah. there ain't no way in hell I'm actually going to go no. there. Uh -uh. No. And then to be, yeah, to be operating from that disconnected, cut off dysfunctional place then yes yes and yes and so that is the thing that is one of the things that's just liberated me personally so much on the shamanic path is is remembering you know the excitement and it, when i wanted to incarnate the excitement to experience the full spectrum of human emotions and the full <laughs> spectrum of earthly human experiences and it's like yeah i want to get back into that earth plane and get it back into that earth body and then we get down here and we're like oh my god i forgot how like how heavy know, and dense it is yeah <laughs> and how much like when you start to go on this end of the of the emotional spectrum, the one that you could deem as not as enjoyable as the other end, when you start to traverse down there, um, yeah, it can feel scary. But the thing that has kept, one of the things that's kept me so strong and devoted to all of this is I just have such complete trust in myself to navigate it all. Yeah. Because once you start to yeah. go there, yes. feel and experience, yeah. then you're just like, oh, I can, I can ride all the waves. Yes. True. Well, if we're not living in trust, what are we doing? 
right? But the, 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 it's like you said, I love the way you put that, that if you start to look over there and it's avoidance, you know, the avoidance becomes a dragon that will breathe fire, you know? Another thing, a, a ceremony that I love working with fairies. Oh, cool. I had no idea. <laughs> well, fairies are a specific, you know, you can always know when people are like Tinkerbell. Yes. Yes, or leprechauns or, you know. Little gnomes. Little gnomes. But fairies are very beneficial in the world because they sprinkle stardust. You know, we know the fairies in our life. Fairies must be grounded. Yes. We, fairies must learn how to ground themselves. Otherwise, they get caught. I work with famous psychics, Allison, and, and psychics are, have, a, have a gift and they fly all over the place. But then it's like, okay, we must be grounded. You know, this, this work for us is homo sapiens as human beings is, is so intricate and detailed and there's so much to it. And to really live fully expressed, to live as a full, our full potentiality, we need a ceremony to, we need a, a ritual every day that we go in and create it for ourselves. You know, I have a strong, strong practice as I'm sure you do every day that keeps me grounded and, you know, anchored here. It's like planting your feet firmly on this earth and, and accepting we're here on this molten rock that's swirling through space, you know, that could implode or explode any moment, you know, and we want security. Where do we find it? The only place we find it is in here. So for each one of us to create a ceremony for ourselves, you know, on a daily basis. And, and like, I love the altar, create an altar. When you place things on the altar, they get altered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Create an altar for ourselves in our home, so sacred and so beautiful. And ceremonies, you know, I facilitate weddings also. That's such a beautiful ceremony. It's love. You know, I always say when people like you and Luke, you found love, you know, then life is gravy. You know, life is beautiful when you have love. It is. You know, it's, it's really incredible. And, you know, I, and I, lived the single life for many years, the celibate life for many years, lived alone for many years. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it, I gained so much. And that's what took me to the root of the root of the root of the root, root, root to get, you know, to emerge right. out of that time in readiness and realization, you know, I, that I really did want that divine partnership. And I, of course, when I surrendered and and said, you know, I, I love myself so much and I'm so at home just being alone. Like if that divine partnership path is not for me this lifetime, I'm okay. And then of course, the second I get the, to that the place. The second you let go, right? <laughs> <laughs> then he comes in. Oh my gosh. But yeah, ordaining. I, I also uh, married a couple in Joshua Tree and that was one of the most oh, special shamanic yeah. moments of my path. Oh, I bet. Uniting yes. two people. There's nothing yeah, like it. Nothing like it. It's love. It always chokes me up. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, before we go into a mini ceremonial ritual experience that you will guide everyone uh, here in, is there anything else you just feel compelled to say? It can be total different topic than anything we've covered here. Is there anything on your heart or in your being that you just want to get out into the world? I think that, you know, we're, we're going through one of the most important periods of our history in the world and as we know it. And we're feeling contrast. And we're either moving into great doubt and fear or we're moving into love and trust, you know? And I would say to everyone, you know, encourage everyone and, and cheer people on to create that ceremony or create a ritual 
for ourselves so that we remember life's an inside job to go in and really, I, I always say the first thing in the morning, get clean, get clear, get connected with ourselves. Because when we walk through life and we have clean energy, you know, but we must go in, we must go in and then go out because connect in our hearts and put our heart in everything that we do, whether it's, you know, it's wax on, wax off. It's like before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. You know, it doesn't matter what we do. It's how we do it. And when we can be engaged in every moment that's possible and be connected and be aligned, then we get to live in the quantum field, as you call it. Or if you don't have a trigger with the word God, then you live in the mind of God. And then life becomes a a joyous journey. And it doesn't mean that we don't experience things that are difficult or that hard, but it sure makes a difference when we can live vertically and we can live in positivity, in possibility, in potentiality. I call it the three Ps. Love that. But if we just live, if no matter what we're doing and we're moving through life, if we can live in positivity, and the first part of the word is pause. If we run up against a hard edge, just pause. You know, to witness is one of the most powerful things that we can do. Just witness, just pause. And then we can choose because we're choosing every moment. Oh my gosh, you're like literally 25 <laughs> things came up. Say this, 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 this was just like evoking so much that pause Good. because when we do instantly react, then we're already, we're already gone. Oh yeah. We're in the loop, we're in the neural pathway, we're, yeah. we're gone. We're down a slippery slope. Yes. <laughs> and, and yet if we just pause, pause and let ourselves feel and be aware and be informed and ask the question, okay, I'm feeling really scared. I'm also feeling a lot of rage. Where is that rage coming from? Why am I feeling so enraged? And, and just, but all of that comes from that one or two second pause mm-hmm. and it creates yes. an entirely different experience and trajectory. Yeah. One that is connected, one that is consciously aware. And I also love that you keep bringing in the word positivity because and again, I'm not trying to get into this because it's like not honestly even a topic in my opinion worth getting into the whole spiritual bypassing thing because you know, people look at oh if you just only stay optimistic you're bypassing. No, it's not what it's about. It's you still pause and you still feel, but then you trust that everything is here ascending you. Everything is here to serve you. And if you learn how to work it right, it doesn't mean you cut off from the awareness of that I'm having a challenging experience. It doesn't mean you cut off from the awareness that I'm feeling a certain uncomfortable emotion, but then you, as quickly as you can, without bypassing or cutting off from those things, you get back to the optimism, the positivity that I know this is serving me. So you, you become mm-hmm. the alchemist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say we're all artists, Allison. We're all artists and we get to create art with our life and we get to be proactive rather than reactive. If we can just pause that moment, like you're saying, and just pause for a second to know that we're choosing, you know, it's a choice to feel hurt. Yeah. It's a choice, choice. to feel a, be a victim. Yeah. Well, most of, Humanity lives in victim mentality. But if we choose to feel hurt, on the deepest level of the human psyche, we're going to have to hurt both of us. This is what happens when we go back to the transitional character. And what did you call it? The 
Oh, the shift, the shifter in the family line. The shifter in the family line. So beautiful. But, you know, we can choose to feel hurt or not. And it hurt people hurt people. So, you know, I love Don Luis Miguel's book, The Four Agreements, because take nothing personally. We get to live in a very personal environment in a non-personal way. Take nothing personally. Take nothing personally. Let it, let, you know, if you study the Course in Miracles, the first lesson is, doesn't mean anything. Mm. Doesn't mean anything unless we make it mean something. <laughs> it's like the first Matrix. Yes. Remember the movie? Yes. And Keanu Reeves played Neo. Uh-huh. And Neo, the bad guys were coming and he just dodged the bullets. You know? mm. And he had a hard time saying, I am the one. I am the one. We're all the one. Right? And we get to take responsibility and be accountable inside of that. Oh my gosh. I That is the perfect place to seal the conversation. And if there is a brief, any voyage, uh, you would be gracious enough to take us on. I would love to go into that space now with you. Well, I can do a meditation. Would let's you like do that? It. Yeah, okay. that'd be great. Do they need to do anything? Listening? So yes, I would just suggest that just get comfortable and sit with your spine erect and close your eyes and take a deep breath. Breathe in. Surrender, release, and let go. And just practice chest, belly breathing. Breathing in and breathing out. And put your entire, complete, and total focus inside your breath. And just track your internal environment. Relax your tongue. Relax your jaw. Really allow your breath to flow in through the back of your throat, down the back of your spine, filling up your lungs. Breathe all the way down into your belly, pelvic floor. Surrender, release, and let go. And get very curious about your internal environment. And just notice what's there. You can notice any tension in your jaw, any tension in your shoulders, any tension in your belly, the hips, and just breathe into it and let go. Just begin to soften internally. And stay very vigilant, just focusing on your breath, focusing internally. And just tune in to the energy field inside the body. And maybe you can tune in to your inner being. And remember to remember that we have the most powerful sonar built in. That our inner being knows everything when we just tune into it. And make no decisions on our own. Ask, is this for my highest good and everyone around me? Take a deep breath. Breathe in. 
and let go. Inhale. Exhale. And just for 30 seconds, I'm going to be silent and just stay with the breath, breathing in and breathing out, tuning in, tuning out. And now, in the middle of your mind, imagine a little ball of golden light. And watch this light as it grows larger and larger until it covers the entire inner vision of your mind. See it. Feel it. With your next inhalation, allow this beautiful golden elixir of light to expand, to include every cell of your being from the tips of your toes to the top of your head. Until in your mind's eye, your entire being is radiating, broadcasting, this beautiful golden light. Feel it. See it. With your next inhalation, allow it to spill out into the room, including everyone you're with, into every corner and crevice of this room. Just see this beautiful golden light permeating this entire space that you're in. Broadcasting, radiating from the deepest aspect of your being. Now, if you can, if you will, if you want to, just extend love on the particles, on the waves, of this beautiful golden light. Let it permeate your space. Maybe take your entire complete and total focus to the back of your eyelids and just see it. See it in your mind's eye. And just notice the atmosphere right here, right now. And now, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to open your eyes, but not yet. When you do, keep your gaze forward, yet utilize your peripheral vision, looking out of the sides of your eyes also, expanding the scope of your vision. And begin. Open your eyes. Notice, just notice what you're noticing and ask yourself, how am I being in this moment?
Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Ah, that was mm. such a beautiful voyage. Oh, feels good. Yeah, I like these waters. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hmm. Mm. Well, thank you for being here and talking about whatever needed to be talked about. <laughs> However small, big, left, right, up, down. It's just, I appreciate you being willing to cover it all. This was so fun. It was. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. You're so welcome. And I want to remind everyone listening, thank you so much for going on this ride with Harry and I and and listen to your soul and come back to this episode, come back to this practice specifically if you feel called to. It's, it's what it's here for, to continue to be a ceremonial guide, a, a ritual, a practice. Because as Harry was saying, and I agree with, it is more important than ever to have that connection point each and every single day. I start my morning at my altar. I start my connection point before I get out of bed, tuning into my heart and my soul, asking how they're doing, just picking up on colors, textures, information. Then I go straight to my altar and connect into Great Mother Earth, into my heart and my ancient truth and wisdom and light and up to Great Spirit. And that that is that is very important mm -hmm. yes and so if you don't already have something like that you can use this meditation yeah that you just that harry just guided to start that yes. daily ceremonial space for yourself yes oh okay i'm going to close the space by doing a little rattle harry thank you so much oh. i will be sure to put your information in all of the postings and show notes so that if people resonate and feel called to connect with you they know how to okay. do that great and they can continue their exploration with okay. you thank, thank you. you so much for your generosity and your time and all the work that you do and all the love and joyous sunshine radiance that you give out into the world a lot thank you so much thank you all right i'm going to close and seal the circle And so it is. So it is. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Woo! What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you. Please go to my website where all the show notes are listed www.alisoncharles.com. That's www.alysoncharles.com. 
C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you. Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.